Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 89. We're making the magic. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Ah, oh, we've got a lot to get through this show. We do. It's it's kind of sad. It is a little bit sad. It's, it's, it's uh, a sad show. We've uh, we're, we're going to say goodbye to uh, a very dear friend, a very old friend in in this show, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I personally missed the production meeting. <laughs> nothing personal, but but uh, basically, while while you've been out of the studio, I've learned how to use the computer, and it's time to say coming up later in box cutters. And by the way, my father's dead. Uh, awkward. <laughs> I don't buy it. It's no, no, coming no, no. Up. Sorry, I was just being Emma. There I know, I know, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. Mm. Yeah, her father's dead. Mm. She got told. My father's. And then she got fine. told to get the hell out of the did, house. Did anybody watch? Did anybody watch that? No, sure. she, no. she did. She get told while she was in the house. She yep. got told that she got told behind, on the before. Saturday night. Ah, oh, right. Okay, uh, by her brother. By yeah. her brother. Right. Dressed as a chicken. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't. But that would be a very big brother thing to do. It would be. It would uh, be. We've got. I don't buy it. Coming up later on, uh, a review of the new SBS show Kick. 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 <laughs> A, a couple of new kick, shows. Kick, a, kick, kick, kick. A couple of new shows this week. Yes. We're uh, also going to be looking at The Nation. We're also going to look at The Nation and uh, finish it off with Pork. Golden but, Age of Television this week. Very yes, sad. Very sad. Very sad. We, I, we peaked in the envelope early this yeah, week. Yeah, so Brett, you don't, you don't know yet, but we've peaked. <laughs> and uh, anyway, let's just say, Hanky's at the ready. But... Hanky's ready. Hanky's at the ready. Oh, Hanky's. Yeah. Handkerchiefs. Yes. Okay. Or tissues. Or tissues. Not Mm. Mr. Hanky, though. No. No. Christmas poos aren't going to help you. No. Not going to help you with this one. (laughs) No. But, as always, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Is this the sad bit? No, no, no. No, no, not yet? No, okay. no, not yet. Kicking things off with... Uh, Kick. In the news. <laughs> Kick. Um, some some unconfirmed talk uh, that's going around the traps at the moment concerning Channel 9 and uh, what's going on there. We've been talking about in recent weeks about uh, Jamie Packer selling off uh, his majority shareholding and CVC Asia taking over and uh, putting the money people in charge, basically. Um, some of the changes that are being spoken about, are the footy show, both the NRL and AFL versions of the footy show, potentially being on the chopping block. Mm. Uh, it's time. Put those shows out to pasture. Yep. I agree. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'll report back on that for you. Um, CBC Asia are also wanting to cut back on li- all live-to-air programming. Uh, they want to, for, for no reason that's actually spelt out here, um, there's an expectation of a major uh, tie-up between, I think it's Cable Channel, ESPN, Star, and Never the heard of Network. It. Never heard of it, but I'll, I'll be willing. I, I have, however, turned off all my sport. Uh, in that in that last turn off Foxtel channel, try to save money scenario, all my sport went. So uh, I don't know. Maybe ESPN Star is a is a new sh- channel. I've never seen it though. Mm. And there's talk that uh, Eddie Maguire were, has been seen talking to a certain executive in Sydney, uh, 
with the, along the lines of make me the AFL chief of your TV network. Ooh. Right. And it wasn't anybody from Channel 9. Mm. What, he, he gave you this rumour? No, it wasn't oh. anybody at Channel 9 that he was talking to. Right. About being head of that AFL. he was allegedly talking to. This is all rumour file stuff. And mm. uh, apparently it was an executive from Fox. Very interesting. Right. From Foxtel. Yes. Mm. Right. Mm. Well, that would be a mistake on Foxtel's behalf, I would think. <laughs> Clearly. He's what? shown he can't run a network. <laughs> no, no, but Eddie knows his AFL stuff. He does. Uh, sure. He does. Sure, he does. And he'd be able to run the, the sure. programming of that. Sure, mm. he could get lots of Emirates sponsorship mm-hmm. uh, for them. Lexus? Mm. Yeah. Why the hell not? Hot on the heels of, as I described them a few weeks ago, nerds. Sending nuts to uh, to CBS over uh, over Jericho being canned. They won, by the way. Jericho is coming back for at least eight episodes. At least for eight episodes. Veronica Mars fans have got in on the act and decided if Jericho fans can do it, we can do it too. Bit late. Yeah, and it's Get your own ma- idea. Mars, Mars bars. Mars bars. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really? Mars bars and marshmallows. Oh, I, I, I assume it's marshmallows, not marshmallows. <laughs> but What's then, a marshmallow? Oh no, it's, it's oh, mars, same thing. Mars, right, get, get it. I, I, that's the only reason I can tie in marshmallows. I, I, I can't figure why they're sending marshmallows. Uh, I did read uh, last week, uh, but didn't consider it newsworthy that uh, they're talking about movies for feature-length movies for uh, Veronica Mars mm. from here. They tend to say that quite a bit. I think that's. You know, that's kind of the that's the standard now. If a show finishes, oh, maybe we could do a couple the, of movies to tie it up. The, the movies never happen. You know what? It's, it? it's the TV. Mm. It's yeah, the TV true. equivalent of last week. We had the TV equivalent of "It's Not Me, It's You." Yeah, yeah. There, there might be movies coming up as the TV equivalent of "We Can Still Be Friends." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how that. Anyway, works. apparently they've got until uh, mid mid June or. Mid-July is the last possible date that Veronica Mars can be picked up. Uh, so they're frantically sending Mars bars. So, uh, so good luck to them. Apparently the, uh, the nuts that are being sent in are, are actually being donated to charity. Ah, oh, by the way. It? Well, if you, if you, really, if you live good? in Australia and you really want to see Veronica Mars come back, just uh, send us some Mars bars. <laughs> <laughs> or, or eat a Mars bar. Eat a Mars by yourself. I think that some of the proceeds surely must go to saving Veronica Mars somewhere along the line. You know, only I prefer the first idea there. Only <laughs> once have I eaten something that came in the mail. <laughs> when I was working at, at Roving Enterprises and, uh, and we get lots of Wathas. Uh, <laughs> I don't like where this is going. You're often none of wanting eat, eating the Wathas. Well, well, no, this is... Uh, That's why there are none anymore. <laughs> Somebody sent in uh, a can of sarsaparilla. Because it said SARS on mm. it. Clearly, hilarious. SARS used to be a disease. Now, not so much. But <laughs> and, uh, and and because it was a sealed can, I thought, well, no one else likes sarsaparilla. Chuck it in the fridge. <laughs> drink it. And, uh, and, and so that, that was quite good. And the joke was on you because there was SARS. There was actually SARS. And then, <laughs> and then I just started sneezing on everybody. It was hilarious. So things weren't as good at the Rove office as, uh, say, Google with the never-ending uh, Snapple fridge. No. No? Mm. No. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> you guys would have been much happier if you'd had an, had an That being said, my, my, my current my current employer uh, does supply us with as much uh, Coca Cola products as, as really? we want. Yeah, oh, that's bloody good. I'm just imagining you. Oh, I forgot my lunch today. Oh, just go get something out get of get something out of the what the <laughs> there was so oh, what the pe- <laughs> anyway. I'm glad that segment's over. Uh, speaking of friends, as we were a while back, a couple of years, uh, Foxtel and Tabcorp are looking at joining up to create some on-TV betting. Interactive punting. Through their Sky Racing channel. People with Tabcorp uh, home betting accounts, mm-hmm. which usually I think you have to dial up on the telephone or, uh, or go onto the interesting net. You can now... Well, they're looking at, this is all uh, kind of approval permitting, they're looking at uh, allowing you to bet via your remote control. Mm-hmm. Mm, Press fantastic. the blue button to uh, put it on the nose. Yep. Or the red button to place. But to put it on the tail. It's uh, it, betting's a lot like pin the, the tail uh, on the donkey. On the green button to throw all your money into the rubbish bin and have huge problems for the rest of your life. Uh, aren't we making gambling too easy? Yes. Yes, we are. I mean, they say, they say that's a big problem with QuizMonkey, that it just it seems so simple that people are just ringing up and ringing up and ringing up to try and get through. Like and it hooks in the people with the addictive personalities. Exactly, and, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, they don't I've, have to go down to their local pokies joint. Twelve Star Wars characters and all they've got is Han Solo. I can name many more than that. Mm-hmm. Back when uh, mobile handsets for, for home telephone use weren't as popular as they are now, so called the... Mm-hmm. Phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember going to somebody's house. They had a phone installed in the lounge room so that they could watch the racing on a Saturday and call up their uh, their Tabby phone bet. Where mm. was where was the normal place for phones back in those days, Grandpa? <laughs> right, right, right next to the television. Well, it's never right next to the television. You have one in a bedroom. You have one in a hallway. Have one at a central location. Not next to the TV. Though. Not never next in to the, the lounge room. Never in the lounge room. <laughs> wow. Who's going to talk on That's the phone special. while watching TV? No one. <laughs> no one. Sorry, it, it may may have been different in the caravan you grew up in, Brett. <laughs> but in houses, they often uh, they often had them in the hallway. Generally, houses built around the 1950s, uh, the hallway was the only place that they had a phone point. Okay. That's a, that's that's the way it was. California so, bungalows where I grew up, <laughs> were in the lounge room, one in the study. Really? Yep. Study. One mm. in the front room too. Mm. <laughs> Middle class study. <laughs> uh, the uh, no, uh, we are though. We're we're making it far, 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 far too easy. easy. I mean, my point was this guy had a problem. Yes. There was nothing wrong with his legs. He had a real problem if he's using the old dial-up phones to you know with the old rotary dial. Well, yeah, was- rotary dial to to. Call that'd be such a pain. Come on, get back to zero. Yeah. Get back to zero. <laughs> when, you, when you're just going, oh, I want to put one on this race. One. <laughs> <laughs> that'd drive you nuts. But this, I mean, we are making it way too easy to bet yep. from home. Yep. And uh, I, I don't think we need this. No. The thing is, it will probably increase ratings for uh, for sky racing. Mm-hmm. But to what ends? Mm. I mean, the thing is. There isn't a single place now where you can't just go around the corner to a pub where they have some kind exactly. of uh, TAB sports bet there. Yep, exactly. For you to watch the racing, they've got all different 
things on all different televisions. You can watch what you want, bet on what you want. And it just seems too close to just thinking, being at home, watching a race and thinking, oh, I bet you number three is going to win. If I had money now, I'd put 10 bucks on number three, which, you know, some of us do quite regularly. And then the horse loses and you think, oh, thank God, I've still got that 10 bucks. You wouldn't have that. No, Mm. that's right. Personally, I don't watch racing at home. Really? Well, it's just not social enough. Oh, okay. The whole, the whole idea. Oh, of... neither do I actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know what you, not what you're talking about. La, 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 la. <laughs> anyway, I think we've uh, whipped that horse to death. Yes, uh, Tim Kring, who is the creator of Heroes, yes, on NBC, has just signed a uh, has just signed a new deal with NBC, new two year deal uh, worth mega bucks apparently to oversee Heroes, the new Heroes Origins, and uh, create a new show for them. So. Um, yeah, congratulations, Tim. But in doing the research for this article, I uh, for this news item, I found very interesting fact about Mister Kring that that is the real news. Forget his big deal with NBC. He wrote Teen Wolf Two. <gasps> really? Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I mean, I knew he created. He's the creator of Crossing Jordan as well. Yeah, I know. I, I knew, I knew that. that he should be ashamed of that. <laughs> I, I always knew that he should be ashamed of that, but I didn't yeah. know that he should also be ashamed of Teen Wolf Two. Yeah. So obviously, at some point, he got off his, uh, you know, his 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 multiple layer title meaning, you know, because he had Teen Wolf Two because it was spelled T double O. Yeah, and then he and had then Crossing, Crossing Jordan. Jordan. So uh, obviously, he couldn't come up with a good pun. Just uh, heroes. <laughs> Heroes. He wanted to call it Heroes Sandwich. Right. And just have it all about Hiro Nakamura eating a sandwich, but the, he just couldn't get 22 episodes out of that. I don't understand the pun of crossing Jordan. Well, Jordan's a river. Yeah. Um, okay, so... All right. But also you wouldn't want to cross her. Okay. She's also a person. But didn't, didn't they cross Jordan in the Bible? Many times? Or at least once? I'm pretty sure there was a fairy there. No, 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 no. no Email us. Hooray at boxcutters.net. <laughs> you're thinking Pure Old of Testament the... fairy stories. <laughs> you're, you're thinking of that, uh, that, that song. Don't pay the ferryman. Yeah. Don't even pick a price. You're, yeah, you're, you're going to... Don't gonna... pay the ferryman until he gets you to the other side. You're getting confused between the Bible and that song. But actually, the ferryman on the River Jordan was, was okay about uh, setting the price once he got you across. <laughs> No it idea. A, it was a time of. Uh, it was a simpler time. <laughs> Brett, do you have uh, more news? Uh, yes, please. Australia's <laughs> broadcasting regular, the regulator, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, ACMA. may use its beefed-up powers to force free-to-air television networks to create an industry-wide electronic program guide for the first time. Well, hang on. This is ACMA going to do a good thing. ACMA are going to do a good thing. ACMA are doing a thing. It could be good. It would be good for us. Yes. Yes. It would be good for us, the consumer, yep. the viewer. Mm-hmm. They're, so they're actually doing a good thing. Yes. I'm just, I, I'm so anxious because I know that the bad is going to come. I know that ACMA with these beefed up powers. Well, the bad's happened. An interesting thing came up over the week about about uh, the potentiality in this country for all commercial radio to be. Uh, Bought up by Clear Channel, which has happened in the states. Really? Yeah. And, and, and I didn't hear with, about that with the foreign ownership stuff. No, it was just a conversation I was having with somebody, and they they questioned. So, what's to stop them? I can't think of anything to stop Clear Channel buying up all the commercial radio stations in this country. 
What about if everybody sent them Mars bars? <laughs> no. Wouldn't, wouldn't really? Not. Yeah. Um, which is why in the States people are paying to uh, subscribe to satellite, satellite radio, radio now. Mm. Yeah. Because the, the free-to-air radio over there is just crap. It is terrible. Mm-hmm. But as we heard Tom Elliott say, satellite radio is just not going to fly here for many, many, many years. Uh, I reckon it's just pie in the sky. Okay, Helen. <laughs> uh, David Brumfield, manager of ACMA's Digital Action Plan Task Force, said a discussion paper will be released mid-July seeking comment on issues that affect sales of digital free-to-air TV, such as EPGs. Um, also along the lines of uh, interactive services and over-the-air downloads. Um, so it's basically ACMA wanting to um, get more people onto digital TV, which uh, hasn't been helped by the system that the government actually chose to go with in the first place. Being that was the crap system. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the system that nobody else in yeah. the world. Took I remember up. that. Hey, Michael Chiklis was uh, in Australia recently promoting uh, the film Fantastic Silver Four. Silver the Surfer. Silver Surfer comes riding in. Mm. He was down for the logies. He was. Mm-hmm. Uh, while in Sydney, uh, this is uh, according to the Sunday Telegraph in in Sydney. While in Sydney, uh, he discovered that Channel Ten had ripped the Shield off air. Oh. Mid-season, mm. during the season that Forrest Whitaker was in, right, and uh, to that he exclaimed, "What? Are they crazy? He just won an Academy Award." <laughs> uh, clearly, now, did, did he say that as uh, what's his name in the thing? Ben, as the thing from Fantastic Four, or did he say it as uh, as the guy from the Shield? I actually think which, which would be scarier in my mind. Oh, the guy from The Shield, for sure. I don't think he looks that different from The Thing. No. The guy, yeah. the, the guy in The Shield, if, for, uh, for, he's got for, no neck. Vic Mackey, if, is way scarier than The Thing. Yeah. If he was The Commish. Yeah, well, see, that's it. In my no mind... One, no one would care. He's just said it as The Commish. Yeah. What? Are they crazy? <laughs> Have another beer. That's, <laughs> that's it. So, I, I found that quite interesting. I, I was waiting and waiting and waiting for somebody to bring up The Shield mm. during Michael Chiklis' tour here. Mm. Uh, because, of course, Fifi Box wasn't going to do it at the no, Logies. that's true. That's true. Hey, uh, speaking of... Uh... No, I better not go with that, sorry. <laughs> After 20 years, Ellen Jones has been dumped from today. Uh, very sad for Mr. Jones. No, it, it's good for the rest of the world. Yeah, but it's very sad for him. How how now is he going to express his, <laughs> express his point of view and get his... He's still got his radio show. Get his voice across. Yeah, I know, but come on. <laughs> it's it's hardly as many people listened. The, the TV thing was national. National. <laughs> For about 300,000 people, maybe. National. So, uh, he'd be touching a lot more people than that, just in Sydney. With I don't want to think show. about Alan Jones touching anyone. So, uh, yeah, that's news. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad he's gone. It's probably 10 years too late. It is. It is. Outrageous xenophobic, homophobic crap that he spews out, allegedly. Do, do you remember when... Uh, Strange that he comes out with homophobics. I, I haven't actually listened to his show, but he's homosexual. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe homosexual is wrong then. He comes up with a lot of crap. Yeah, he really does. Do you remember when he had his uh, his current affairs show in 1994 for a very brief period of time? Oh, on Channel 10. Yeah. yeah. Yep. My... Uh, my friends at uni at the time actually banned me from watching it because mm. the next day I would come in and do nothing but scream about <laughs> stuff that he had said. 
Oh, I hate him so much. <laughs> Did we apologise before? Uh, no, no, we, we didn't. didn't I've, got, I've got one more item, and then uh, and then we've got the erratum. Okay. And then that's the end. We haven't had an apology for a few weeks. We're, we're like one of those dodgy businesses with a sign, no accidents in three days. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we've talked a lot about controversies in uh, in Big Brother House and mm-hmm. uh, Big Brother UK, especially with uh, their racism in last season. They're actually fostering it. Yes. Uh, by reports. Student Emily Parr, 19-year-old student, was thrown off Big Brother UK last Thursday after calling a black housemate a nigger. <laughs> right. Where do they get these contestants from? Uh, who the hell says that in this day and age? Who the hell says that in Away England? Away from, from like the mm. deep south of the US. Yeah, you know? who, said, who says that in England? Mm. Really? I thought it was Nignog. In England. <laughs> Love that's, thy neighbour. From Love Thy yeah. Neighbour, that's what I understood. So To, to be come back with a, oh, you white honky. Yes. <laughs> that's, booth. That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. This, clearly, she wasn't thrown out for the racist comment, but for the blatant Americanization of her language. <laughs> now, a uh, piece of erratum. Yeah, we've been talking about this, uh, like it had been fact for a number of weeks, and I'm not exactly sure where we got the idea. From but PBL have not bought Channel Nine Perth, and in fact, uh, the board of uh, from Sunrise Television has voted yes to Wynn's offer of one hundred sixty three point two million dollars for the Perth station. I, I would also vote yes to one hundred sixty three point two million dollars. I was under the, the impression that uh, PBL had won the bidding process mm. uh, with one hundred fifty million dollar. Bid. That's the impression I was under as well, but clearly we were misinformed. So, Ross. so we may have been we may have been confusing uh, Newcastle and Perth. So PBL own now the East Coast. Yep, and Win now owns Adelaide and Perth. Yep. Yes. Okay. No one owns Northern Territory. No, it doesn't exist. Or Hobart, Tasmania. <laughs> uh, I think Win. I think they have electricity I think, down there. Yep. I think. I think. <laughs> Uh, that's just win on its own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, mm. so, so that, that's the erratum. We were wrong. Yeah. With, uh, I'm kind of confused how we got there, but, uh, if we misled you, we apologize unreservedly. And, if, uh, now you're up to date with what's actually happened. If anybody remembers the conversation that we had with Pete Smith when he was in, nobody really gives a shit about Perth. So sorry about that. Western Australia. <laughs> we got it wrong, but no one noticed. <laughs> and that is the Box Cutters News. And now it's time for the golden age of television. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> such a uh, such a fantastic intro. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's with great sadness. Well, I've got the envelope. Oh, you've got the envelope. Do you, to- you, can, you can open the envelope. Okay, this week on the Golden Age of Television, The Sopranos. Yes. Now, as we uh, as we go to air, the final episode has screened in the states. Yes. Josh and I are up to the final episode, but we haven't watched it yet. No, is so that the case? That's, that, is, that is the case. Well, no spoilers. Well, uh, Brett's a little upset that it looks like they're going to whack Big Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Pussy got whacked. Years ago, <laughs> that's the joke. The, the, the joke was that you're, you're uh, that far behind. Okay, it's 
Uh, we've talked a lot on the show about the big four dramas, uh, and although Carnivale lost and Deadwood are always kind of jockeying for the minor positions, it, it is always the minor placings. For me, Sopranos is always the number one. Numero uno. It is the greatest drama of the last few years. Uh, and I think it will be remembered largely for the uh, Tony Soprano trying to deal with his two families. Um, and in, in that sense, the kind of the quintessential Sopranos line from series two where killer crime boss Tony Soprano is complaining to Carmela that dealing with a teenage meadow is much more challenging and difficult than anything he's ever done as the head of a family, which um, which which is quite amazing. But uh, there's just so much fantastic stuff to the Sopranos. I've just chosen a few small bits that I'd like to uh, that I'd like to talk about. Do you want some today. reminiscing music? No, that's right. Good, because we don't have any. <laughs> uh, Sopranos just has so many great characters. The whole show was seemingly filled with endless amounts of well written and uh, well acted characters, and I think it's a it's a testament to such a great show that you can lose such great characters as uh, Big Pussy and Ralphie and Adriana. And the show just doesn't miss a beat. Mm. It just it just keeps going ahead at full sp- uh, full steam. It's also uh, brilliantly funny, and I would suggest funnier than a lot of sitcoms. Uh, it, it's a, it's a very dark comedy, but uh, it, it's kind of that mix of the banal normality of life mixed with these extreme life situations that these uh, that these gangsters find themselves in. Um, I remember when one of the one of their compatriots died on the toilet, and they were trying to think of other people who died on the toilet. And uh, Sill was trying to think of Don Simpson, legendary Hollywood producer and wild boy. And uh, and so he says to the others at the funeral, Elvis died on the toilet, and uh, that Don somebody producer of the Simpsons, <laughs> uh, or the uh, the fantastic episode where Chris and Paulie were chasing the Russian. Oh, through the through forest, the, mm. which which remains one of the all time fantastic Sopranos episodes. It's 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 just superb, and that was uh, that was actually uh, directed by uh, an actor who later on appeared in the Sopranos. Uh, and for the life of me, I've just forgotten his name. Not, he also directed um, Trees Lounge. Ah, oh, uh, yes, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, thank you. Yes, yeah, who who has actually directed quite a lot of Sopranos as well as appearing in it. He's he's, yeah. he's one of their main directors, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean that that whole episode was hilarious with Chris and Paulie stuck out trying to survive the night out in the middle of this uh, in the middle of this forest by themselves. But at one point, uh, Paulie rung Tony to tell them that they had to kill this Russian, which of course they never had to in the first place. Uh, but uh, Tony was pissed and he and he warned Paulie that the guy couldn't come back and that he was a, he was with the Interior Ministry and. Uh, <laughs> And Paulie passes that information on to Christopher by saying, you're not going to believe this. He killed 16 Czechoslovakians. The guy was an interior decorator. (laughs) To which uh, Christopher replies, interior decorator? His apartment looked like shit. (laughs) My my favourite thing in that episode is is when Paulie loses his shoe in the snow. Mm. Yeah. And then the the rest of the episode is trying to make a shoe out of anything he can find, <laughs> yep. and and even looking at stealing Chris's shoes. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and they almost come to blows because one of them's eating sauce, yeah. and, the, and the other <laughs> the other's not getting any. Yeah. Polly was always such a freaking tight asshole. He is, but he's. He, I mean, that, 
he's just such a fantastic character. Like his his mix of just complete stupidity and bravado. Like he'd take anybody on, but he's just so like like the time you know that Tony had the picture of himself painted with the racehorse that he owned. <laughs> And threw it in a bin, and Paulie <laughs> rescues it from the bin, and you know puts it up in his house. He turns Tony into a, a colonel or a general, into, into like Napoleon <laughs> yeah. or something. Uh, yeah, fantastic characters. But um, I think for me, the the absolute highlight for Sopranos, apart from the writing and the drama and, and everything else, the absolute highlight would have to be the uh, the dream sequences. I think Sopranos just does dream sequences better than better than anybody else they're just amazing be it the uh the episode where the dead fish tell tony that pussy's been talking to the fbi and he's he's going to have to kill him or uh or even when tony gets shot uh and he's in a coma and he thinks he's a businessman trying to find his identity i mean that's a three episode dream sequence yeah yeah and it just mixes so well because there's so much to do with psychology uh, in the show, you know, Tony being in therapy, this this is like the other side of the coin. But the best of those episodes is probably, it was towards the end of Series 5, and this is another one that you can watch as a standalone episode. It's just amazingly good. Uh, it's where Tony realises that he's going to have to kill his cousin, the other Tony, uh, Steve Buscemi, as we uh, mentioned earlier. Uh, this is this is a 30-minute dream sequence in an episode. I mean, the, the other one that goes for three episodes there is other things going on, yes. but this is just thirty minutes of uh, of dream with uh, with Tony's history mean, melding with this dream kind of psychology. It, it, it's just amazing stuff. Nobody nobody does dream sequences as good as Sopranos. See, for, for me, the thing that makes Sopranos so good, and and this is you know why I think it, it just sits at the top of the the golden age of television. Yep. Is the way that it actually gets us to, and this sounds, you know, soppy and bullshitty, but it, it's the way that it gets us to look at our lives. Mm-hmm. The whole idea that, yeah, he's a mob boss, mm-hmm. but he's also just a guy trying to do things, yep. trying to trying to make his family happy, trying to yep. do well at work. Yep. He could have any job. It wouldn't matter. We'd still see a part of ourselves in him. We'd still see that struggle that attempt to have everything be as wonderful as possible and just to, to see things thrown in its way. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, psychology in, in the writing of the show, but I think as a, 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 as a whole, the themes in themselves stem from traditional psychology. So, yep. you know, a lot of Freudian, Jungian kind of mm. theories about uh, how we uh, feel about ourselves. Especially early on with his, when his mother was such a major part of the show. Yes. Yes. Um, and, then, uh, and then after, so I was watching a, an episode recently and, and I realised that, uh, oh my God, this show, the whole time, all six seasons, it's just about getting old. Yeah. And yeah. There's, a, there's a point in one of the first two episodes where uh, Tony's talking to Dr. Melfi we haven't even touched on yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony's talking to, to Dr. Melfi about what it's like in his business now and how everyone used to take yeah, care of themselves. The they, used to, they used to always wear suits. And now, uh, you know, it's hard to get them out of a tracksuit and things like that. This whole idea that you could never go back, mm. that time moves on, we all get older, things just get progressively shitter as we, yep. as we go on. And, and you can and never things go back. Always, things always look much better in retrospect. Yes, you know, always everything. Yeah, everything always looks better in hindsight. Uh, which I think we saw in the in the dream sequence with where he's 
you know, just a businessman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and things are going wrong for him for him there, and he's not happy in that life either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it always it always seems like it's going to be better a different way. Yeah. Now I have a few issues with Sopranos. I think it's uh, it's impossible not to have issues with with any kind of TV show. It's flawless, Ross. Flawless. <laughs> uh, Sopranos often went off in go off in unexpected directions. And and while this can often be fabulous, I I, uh, I recall getting a text message out of nowhere in the middle of the night from our international correspondent who was catching up with Sopranos via DVD. Uh, this just this outraged text saying, "Fuck, they just whacked Adriana." <laughs> uh, it, it can be fantastic, but also it, it can be a tiny bit frustrating. The uh, the aforementioned interior decorator. He was always going to come back. There was lots of promise in the show that he was going to come back and he was just going to wreak havoc. It, it, just, never, it just never happened. Occasionally that can be a little bit frustrating. See, uh, but I like that. I like that there are lots of loose ends. Mm. I like that not everything's tied up neatly. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you're talking about it being funnier than a sitcom. Mm. It's also a, a lot more free-flowing than, than yeah. a sitcom or, or pretty true. much any other television show we've seen. That's true. And like I said, these are just very small quibbles. The other one is that they do tend to, over the six seasons, they have re- tended to repeat a couple of stories a little too often. I think the uh, the scorpion and the frog parable has played out a number of times in Sopranos, perhaps perhaps once or twice too many. But these, these do, are just... Do you know about that one? Rings a bell, but I can't... The the scorpion asks the frog to put him on his back to get him across the the river and the gets him across and, and stings him and, and stings him. Scorpion, with him. that's what I do. That's yeah. my nature. Yeah. 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 Uh, but these are just very small things. Uh, the big problem with Sopranos, and it is a huge problem, is Channel Nine. Absolutely, mm-hmm. undoubtedly. Yes. And the problems with Sopranos started for me with the start of series four. Channel Nine was supposed to start series four. They were advertising it. All systems go. There'd been something like a year break between series three and series four, so we were really waiting for it. We were coming ready in for late on a Monday night, primed, and then at last minute they decided to repeat series three. Yes, mm. and it was the very last minute. Like you, there was no advance warning. You sit. I, I remember I sat down to watch. I turned off all the lights in the house. I was like, "Ooh, it's starting! It's starting!" And then yeah, repeated series three, which was pointless and. Uh, and hideously disappointing. But we had issues before that, Ross. I remember when, when we were at uni together, mm-hmm. uh, and so this is second or uh, second or third season. I remember, yeah, well, we started with, yeah, it started in 1999, which yeah. is when we started with uni. Yeah, uh, And so, yeah, we're looking at the second season of, of Sopranos, and Channel 9 just held that off for so long. That's true, that's true. And it was very hard to, even the most innocuous internet searches, it was very hard not to find out what happened. I remember... When Joey was announced, finding out that Adriana had mm. died in a hail of bullets. Similarly, watching Letterman one night, you know, uh, I, I hadn't seen who was on. I turned on late and uh, Dave says, and coming up next, the man who just lost his head last night in Sopranos, Joey Pantaleone. And, ah, I was I was in San Diego that yes. night yep. and, uh, and immediately got my phone out and texted my brother and said, do not watch Letterman for the next five days. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure when Channel 9 were, were going to show it. Yep. And I had just heard that, you know, that Ralphie loses his head. And I went, oh, no, I don't want Daniel to, to have, that, uh, have that problem. And so I texted him and, uh, and said, don't watch it the next five days. And uh, he texted me back a couple of days later going, 
I forgot not to watch Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Uh, and recently, the last two series, Channel Nine's just abused, showing them at all different times. Uh, there's, I know, I know a handful of people who have had this problem, including our yeah. own Brex, Brett Boxcutter. Yes, it's just you can't keep completely up with it. ruins my experience of it. And, yeah, and so I'm going back to the start. And, and as a person that's- who wants to watch it you don't want to miss any. You don't want to miss an episode here or there because Channel 9 has screwed it around. Yeah. So you end up not watching it. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget as well that from the very start, Channel 9 were cutting things out of episodes. Yeah. And I only discovered this when I started buying it on DVD. Now, I was such an avid Sopranos collector. I would record every episode, keep them on tape, mm-hmm. uh, and watch them several times. And then yep. when they finally started coming out on DVD... I bought them and watched them again yeah. and went, hang on, I haven't seen that bit. So I start, you know, I know these episodes back yeah. to front yeah. and then there are bits in it that I've never seen before. That's when I realised that Channel 9 were cutting quite a lot out of these episodes, mm. about 10 minutes per episode. Yeah. Uh, just outrageous. Yes, it's just disgraceful and uh, disgraceful and pointless. Uh, but, uh, yeah, without wanting to give any spoilers of the current season, which is still technically season six, so uh, I guess we'll call it 6B for yep. now. Uh, it has been as affecting as anything I've seen on tele- uh, that I can remember seeing on television. It's just, it's, I, it's been amazing. I know a lot of people have lost favour with, uh, with Sopranos over recent series because they go, oh, well, it's doing the same things over and over again. I'm just mm. not seeing where it's going. This 6B... Yep. is some of the greatest television I've I've ever seen. Yep. And that episode where Adriana and Ralphie come back as zombies and start making out <laughs> in the parking lot, I just think is... Uh, I, think, I think it's kind of like, uh, you know, um, John Doe in Seven, how he's talking about his masterpiece and, uh, and Brad Pitt saying, uh, you're an idiot, it's not, and he's saying it's, it's not complete yet. You can't see it as its complete work. That's what it's like with Sopranos. I think that once we see it as a whole, it'll be something completely different. I just think, something amazing. I think you're entirely right. And uh, I, w- I want to say thanks very much to Peter Boxcutter, who sent me uh, in the in the mail this week the Variety uh, article. Oh, yes. Yep. Uh, the Sopranos Variety, Variety article about the Sopranos. If you can get your hands on it, it's really good. There aren't any spoilers. If you've seen up until the end of 6A, which, is which what I think is everything Channel that Channel 9 has shown. Has shown. Yeah. Uh, there are no spoilers in it. It's a really good insight into the way that David Chase works, okay. and uh, gives us a, actually gives us an explanation of why there's been this six A and six B. And and the whole idea was David Chase said, "No, we're only going to do a sixth season. We're not going to do any more." And mm. then as he's writing out the sixth season, realizes that he actually needs more episodes to finish off the story. Yep, yep. And just just a little point: Channel Nine are still screwing over local viewers here. They promised when this season started, they said, yes, we're going to show it in quick succession from when they're showing it in and the States. started it? Well, this season started in March and, it's yeah, it's just ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say, you know, if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. By now, people know about The Sopranos. They either get it or they don't. Good luck to you. If you, if you don't like it, you're welcome not to, but that's your opinion. I just think Vale, Sopranos, it's been a... Brilliant TV show, and it'll be sorely missed. Yeah, it's it's it really is for me like losing a friend. Mm. I'm sad to see it go. Are you one of those that follows follows the ads? Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say hinge your line, and I'll go down on you. 
a dirty mid-twenties farmer with a ridiculous bouffant hairstyle. <sighs> yes, 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 yes. Excellent. He plows his field and sows strands of his own hair as he would sow corn or broad beans, as farmers do. That's not coming up from strands of my hair. No, have, no, no. Have you have you tried planting it? No, no, no. He's he's sowing strands of his hair. Yes. In the same way that he would sow like corn a, or broad beans. Mm-hmm. Sowing a field. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to say that rather than you know sowing a shirt back oh, together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's not darning socks with his hair. <laughs> he's planting them. He's planting them. Mm. Over time, the hair sprouts giant hairy pod plants. Harvest time comes, and, and this goes on for quite a while. We actually see. Him tending the plants and tending to the fields and and uh, bit of a cutthroat razor on, yeah, on the shaves, hair on the outside of the, the pods. The outside and then at one stage he has a in the middle of the night he has a concert. Oh well, no, he gets like a visitor or something. There's, there's there's all these people and they're dancing to music in the middle of the night. Well, yeah. no, no, no. This 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 happens. Okay, so harvest time comes. All right, sorry. The pods all open and reveal other dirty. Buffont wearing 20-somethings. Right. They come out of the pods. A party is thrown. The wild rumpus begins. And uh, then we see bottles of beer passed around. Right. And we're told that this beer has a clean, crisp flavour or clean, crisp taste. The last ad we saw for this very same beer showed the white goods fighting over the last bottle of beer in a fridge. I think I might have seen a different version of this ad because my, my understanding was that the people come and have a party, but the whatever's being hatched out of the cocoon is all still in the cocoons. Yep. And it's not until the next and morning one of the pods the co- opens up. that the pods open. And there's a guy like him. But holding a, a stubby. Holding a beer. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I've missed a bit of this ad. Who we then, yeah, we then so sprays with uh, liquid nitrogen to chill, freezes the dude, oh. chills down the beer, and uh, takes the beer off them. Yeah. Oh, I've completely misunderstood this whole ad. Well, I've seen it's it all. It's more and ridiculous. I, and I still, I still misunderstand it. I don't understand. So the people that he's partying with... And aren't the people who come out of the pod? No, that's that's like because I thought that the first time too. But this these these are the people. This is like uh, irrigating the field, right? So what happens to the people who are in the pods? Does he just kill them? Does he turn them into mulch or something? Yeah, a bit well, of blood and well, bone for the well, garden. I think once yeah. they're frozen, he just kind of knocks them over and they shatter into a million pieces. Yeah, because he's he's harvesting the beer, yeah, he's harvesting not the beer the people. I, yeah. This, this, I was actually going to bring this up in pork. I have no idea the, what's going on in this ad. Because the, the last time, it was the clean, crisp taste that we were told... And it's too easy. It, we were told it was too the... It's too something. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were told that the, uh, the, the goods that are... The white goods that actually do cleaning, a washing machine, a dishwasher, and a... a what's it called? That cleans the pool. Yeah, pool uh, Mr. Creepy. Creepy Crawley. Creepy Crawley. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Creepy. <laughs> He's the guy who hangs around the pool. Yes. Uh... And the, and the creepy crawly that they're all uh, they're all fighting over this beer because it is the clean mm. taste. Mm. And previous to that was the the exploring tongue. Yes, mm. the tongue, which was you know a clever ad, not a great ad, but you know clearly all about the taste. Freaked out a few people because the the thought of it. This tongue. ad is ridiculous. It's it's like a Sony ad. Yeah, it I, is. I don't understand what. It's like an old style Sony cinema ad. Yes, 
what in the name of all things good in the world could be the explanation for this ridiculous spin on agriculture? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. They're screwing with us and they won't tell us why. I demand explanations. It's very stylistic and it's kind of fun to watch. Have, have I don't you, think that the story so makes strippers. any sense what? at all. They, they do have a website. Right. Harvested.com, yes, possibly. Har- I don't know if... I think that's right. I don't know if, you, Something if like anybody's that. bothered to look at it because I'm sure like... Because that's how we found about the clean taste was from the website, I think, wasn't it? Isn't that how we it discovered it? from me seeing a poster in a... In a pub. Oh, you Dunny. saw the poster. Right, yeah. I would just... You know I what? I, but I don't buy it. I'm not going to the website. I'm not drinking the beer. No. In fact, I'm not going to drink any beer in case the beer I drink is for that ad. <laughs> it's turned me off beer. It, it is. Tequila or nothing. If you want to send tequila with your Mars bars, go ahead. <laughs> it, it is a very stylish ad. Yes. In the same way that the Sony ads were. Yeah. But this ad just makes me want to buy digital cameras. <laughs> it just makes me want to buy a Walkman. Yeah. Because it looks so much like the Sony ads. Yeah. It doesn't make me want beer. It's kind of like that film Johnny Swade. That's what I was thinking. It's like the film Johnny Swade. And it Swade. makes about as much sense as Johnny Swade. Well, but without Nick Cave in it. Yeah. So, less sense than Johnny Swade, less entertaining stuff than, than Johnny Swade, no Brad Pitt, no Nick Cave. You're wasting my time. <laughs> I don't buy it. Hi, it's Pete Smith. They're not really naughty boys. They're just box cutters going about their business. Kick. Kick, 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 Kicked off on Kick. Saturday nights on SBS mm-hmm. at eight o'clock. It's uh, a new. Is it, is, is, it, is it about soccer? It's a new local drama. No, is, no. Is is it? Uh, no, that's all I've got. Is it about little bits of hair? No, the, I've got nothing. It's uh, is it about an NXS album? No. Right. The cast includes Zoe Ventura, Raji James, Ando, George Capanaris, and Maria Mercedes. I just have to say, all those names, you ran them together. It sounded like it was one name. (laughs) Yes. And the second actor is... (laughs) Because it's very... It's set in or around... Well... Sorry. Let me start from the beginning. There there has been quite a bit of coverage about this new series. And it's always good to see new local uh, product. After the buzz around this new Australian drama, the first episode was... A big disappointment. Oh, really? really? It's set in a multicultural neighbourhood. It seems to be a take on the prodigal, prodigal son story, uh, looking at the central protagonist after she returns to the family hearth, being pursued by the police and other under unidentified parties, which leads to various zany chase scenes and phone calls prematurely ended by, sorry, you're breaking up, and hang-ups. Hang are these chase scenes to some... Uh, crazy modern Australian music. Uh, not that I noticed, actually. Right. Uh, that they weren't they weren't actually that that big in in the production of the chase scenes. Okay. But uh, it's all going on with its Brunswick location. The production ticks mm. almost all the boxes for fun- funding from SBS. The Greeks, the Vietnamese, the Indians, the British, the Serb Russians, the Lebanese, the female soccer playing Muslim, and the lesbian, or maybe the lesbianese, uh, being. <laughs> from Lebanon. Um, while all these cultural groups are included in the story, it was hard to see any character not performing according to racial stereotype, making them all seem like waspy caricatures of how they should behave. Ah, that's disappointing. That, Very disappointing. Isn't that the true nature of multiculturalism, though? Come no. here and take on our 
characteristics. Yeah. The scripting is dialy immature, um, only just bettering fat pizza in tone. Um, mm. And it makes little sense. Why the police are turning up with lights flashing to collect the $3,000 debt makes no sense at all. Um, I'm not sure if this is the fault of the screenwriter's direction from SBS content buyers or a specific targeting of the 13 to 19-year-old Wogboy demographic. Who are the screenwriters? But it lets down everyone in the pot- potential audience that doesn't match that profile. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't. I can't say for that episode, but uh, Boxcutter's own Marie Hardy is involved. Right, in, in writing and writing with, with a whole lot of other episodes, right. with a whole lot of other writers. It could have been so much better. I may yet improve, um, but if it began as it means to go on, I'm going to have a spare half hour on Saturday night. To me, to me <laughs> it looked like it was going to be kind of a, a wog rendition of Sweet and Sour. That, I never really watched Sweet and Sour. And, um, what was that about? Yeah, you know, late teens... Early twenties people want to have a rock band, uh, and uh, you know, and have problems with their lives in between. It was you know a little bit soapy, a little bit fun, uh, but you know, just a li- you know a little bit watchable. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like because I thought this was about a girl who wanted a singing career. Well, it, I think that she is a singer and she's come back, um, or or has been trying to break into to the industry off right. somewhere else, maybe up in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she's got all her possessions in her car and she's driving back and she crashes at the parents' place. All right. I see. Uh, are these standalone episodes or, or is it going to be one ongoing story? I think it's going to be an ongoing story with her. Okay. Um, but probably uh, from what I was reading around today, a bit of a, bit of a different focus from, from week to week. Yeah. Um, so looking at... At the Vietnamese next week, or yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. So mm. it's so mm. not like Sweet and Sound, not like Raw FM, not like any of these young people's shows that we've seen from the ABC. Uh, no, Raw FM was much better. Right? Um, oh, really? It's, yeah, it's got a serious case, case of fat pizza about it. Oh, that's really? terrible. Yeah, like it's it's less chicks in bikinis. But yeah, but it's it's a similar level of humour. The, okay. the thing is, and I think we, we've seen this from, I'm going to say it again, the surgeon. <laughs> Cheap doesn't need to mean shit. It doesn't. Mm. There's there's no reason that and, we should have and stuff And there's no particular on. indication that this has been done on the cheap. I thought it was all shot on, like, digital handicam. That's what it looked like on the ads. Well, digital doesn't mean cheap these days. Mm. That's true. And, and I think, too, uh, like, there's no reason, especially the writing doesn't have to be bad. Production can be can be good or bad done cheaply but writing should be no matter what the budget the writing should hopefully be good yeah so that's kick you can see it eight o'clock on saturday nights on sbs yeah maybe check out the second episode but i'm not holding out much hope for it this is marie cardi and you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness box cutters (laughs) stick it in the fire and eat it Talking about another couple of... Oh, we went with the laugh this week. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're going Some with days with, some days without. Uh, we're talking through quite a few new shows this week, some of them local, like Kick and The Nation, coming yes. up soon. Uh, and a couple from the States. Now, Josh, you're, you've got a better understanding of American television than I do. So uh, tell me if this is right. On the highest level, you have the full programming. 
So yes. any any shows that you think will be a huge hit, you put them in fall. Correct. Then the next peg down... Which is only because it's the end of summer and everybody's back from holidays, yeah. 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 So the next peg down, you have your mid-season replacements. Sometimes. Which are shows you think kind of might work, might not work. Just br- broadly speaking. Yeah, sure, sure. And the step down below that, the TV's off. No, no, step down below that, summer programming. Which is... <laughs> About the same level as the TV bigger. But we've seen some great things start in, in summer programming. Survivor started as a That's true. As a summer program. That's true. Uh, they, they do but, use But generally it's like the summer programming here. G- generally TV's right. off. Right. Generally download things from the States. Right. Is that is that what you mean? Yeah. Where do they download stuff from? Oh, that's true. Well of course Weeds was summer programming here. Yeah, Weeds was summer programming here, but not there. Uh, the, so, so these are new shows that are that fall into the summer programming, right? Which, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I also have to say, Entourage was summer programming for HBO. Okay, but that doesn't really count in the. No, we're, we're really talking about the big four networks. Yeah, we are five, four, five. Four. One of the uh, one of the new shows that started for summer over in the states is called Traveller. And it has been directed by uh, David Nutter, uh, which makes his 18,000th pilot that he's directed. So, congratulations to Mr. Oh, Nutter. Let's give it, up, <laughs> give it up for David Nutter. You know, excellent director from The X-Files. Yep. And Hasn't had a series to... really No, but he's directed there. heaps of things. Like, oh, yeah. he directed Supernatural. He's and, never and out just, of work. Just about every other pilot that's, that's come out, he's, he's had a hand in. Uh, this show has quite an interesting premise. Three college kids friends decide to go on one last road trip together just before they uh, join the real world and get jobs. And the first stop is New York, and they decide to pull a college-style prank, and uh, two of them are going to rollerblade through a very prestigious art gallery. Naked? No, no, no. Fully clothed. But while their third friend films it on Uh, the video camera. Like Steve Martin did in LA Story. Uh, possibly, but this is, uh, yes, possibly. Okay. I, I haven't seen LS story for a long time. Right. Steve Martin does it. Anyway, so they, they decide they're going to do this. Uh, they make it out without getting stopped by the guards. They're feeling very pleased with themselves. And the art gallery explodes. Suddenly they're on the face of, uh, their, their faces are all over the news with footage of them rollerblading through the art gallery as supposed terrorists. Ah. And has their, uh, has their friend, who didn't make it out but uh, did call them with a very suspicious phone call, has, uh, has he been involved? Has he set them out, set them up? So it's, it's quite an interesting premise. Yeah. Unfortunately, it all goes downhill fairly quickly with uh, 24 and prison break style silliness oh. in shoes. Obviously, they decided we need great drama, so... The vice president's behind it. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> One of them gets a phone call from their dad, who's a disgraced, who was disgraced in the Iran Contra deal years ago, who says that the artists, main artist whose work was destroyed in the museum, people have been buying that up the night before, so lots of people know about it, and it, it it's just silly. It's just ridiculous. It starts well, but yeah, just gets sillier and sillier. So, uh, uh, I mean, I, I quite like Twenty Four and Prison Break at times, but. You know, I would. We don't, be, I wouldn't we don't be need this. another one, and that was no. proved by Drive. Yeah, that's that's true. The other one, funny you should mention Survivor before, is Pirate Master, which uh, which I've just noticed they're screening ads for on Channel Ten. 
starting very soon oh, on really? Channel 10. Uh, this is kind of like Survivor, but stupider. This is a Mark Burnett production, isn't it? It is right? a Mark Burnett production. And I said a few weeks ago... Hosted by own. Yes. Cameron Detto. Cameron Detto, who is no Jeff Probst. Let's just <laughs> leave it there. Uh, <laughs> I said a few weeks ago that Mark Burnett is generally a sign of quality when his name's attached. This uh, proves that completely to be false. Uh, this is it's just this really strange mix of supposed real history and production like they're apparently they're pirating after this real pirates hidden treasure but clearly it's all just been put there by the production crew and it's it's just a bit of a mess and and it's all a bit it's all a bit silly and really not worth watching. While we're on new shows and Mark Burnett Productions this has mm-hmm. been uh, showing on Fox 8 as well as uh, on a US station on the lot the Steven Spielberg Mark, Mark Burnett production. Oh, yes. She's stinking. <laughs> well, the first couple of episodes I thought were really, really good. Aside from the host, who she was just ridiculous. Yep. Uh, she, she would talk at you like this. Everything had to be very exciting. Mm-hmm. And monotonous. Yep. One level, one level at you constantly. Aside from that, it, it was quite good. We got to see the 50 uh, semi-finalists try to make films and uh, do pitches to the judges. And actually, as viewers, we learned a little bit about the filmmaking process. Mm-hmm. I found that quite interesting. I, I really like shows like that. Uh, things like Top Chef, we actually get to see how they're doing things and, and find out why they're doing things the way they're doing it. No, didn't rate. Mm. Changed the show up. Changed the night. So it used to be on Wednesday nights in the US, now on Tuesday nights in the US, or vice versa. Uh so they changed the night, uh, had episode three, which showed a whole lot of short films that they had made, but we didn't actually see them making it. And then uh, the US viewers could watch it, watch those films, vote for them. And then on the Wednesday night, they had a very protracted elimination process mm-hmm. that was almost unwatchable. All of this with a brand new host. Right. So that went from from three nights to two, I think, and uh, and then has gone from two nights to one night, wow. possibly with a new host as well. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to to see it, but uh, Australian viewers were actually uh, kind of cut out of out of the loop because Foxtel didn't have time to schedule the new night. So we missed all the short films, and all we got to see was the very long, boring voting process. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. The whole thing is a disaster. It could have been a fantastic show, mm. and they've just ruined it. I think Mark Burnett spreading himself a little bit thin. I think so. I think he had. Uh, I think he had a good idea with Survivor. It's made him a very wealthy man. Perhaps he should just uh, retreat back into the shadows a little bit. I, I mean, I, I, I think he's just run out of ideas personally. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the whole Pirate Master is based on the supposed premise that everybody wants to be a pirate. It kind of reminds me of Pixar's Cars movie, where it's like, you know, they were saying, oh, everyone loves cars. No. No, not Not everyone everyone loves cars. It's the same with this. Not everyone wants to be a pirate. Not everybody wants to watch a bunch of people being pirates. And and not everybody wants to be a movie maker. How do they they kick them off on on the lot? Oh, just the audience voted against you. And they just walk off stage or something. Uh, Yeah. There's no, 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 sorry, you didn't make the cut or... uh, The Flame uh, of Life. 
No, I'm uh, sorry, you're, you're on the editing room floor. Or... Yeah, that'd be great. And then just suddenly they just get cut out and you, you have a few yeah, or... end of film images. No, on, uh, on You can't get arrested in this town. On, no. on Pirate Master, they get cut adrift <laughs> and they get put on a little raft <laughs> and float out to sea, really? supposedly. They may as well just make them walk the Like point. a Viking it's funeral, do they, do they set it on fire? No, they don't set it on fire. I'm very disappointed that they don't make them walk the plank. But they're saying their little bit, you know, their little voiceover to camera, you know, oh, I think they should have kept me, I would have been the best pirate, blah, 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 as they're supposedly floating into nothingness. <laughs> it's just, I mean, that's, that's typical of the whole show. It's just stupid. I, I really would, would prefer to see them, you know, raped, murdered and thrown overboard. Yeah. well, The way real better, pirates do. It would, so. It would be better TV. Mm. Hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good, bad and otherwise on your box. It's the box cutters. Just quickly, The Nation uh, aired last Tuesday night for the first time. It's Big Malloy. There doing... has been a lot of talk about it on the blog, boxcutters.net, if you want to check out other comments from other people. Some people have some very strong words about it. Mm. Uh, I really just thought it was nothing. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was a, a little bit of nothing. I can't say it was, it was horrible. It wasn't. I watched the whole thing. The but... interview with Peter Garrett was horrible. No, it was sycophantic, full of Dorothy Dixon questions that Garrett was looking uncomfortable being there because he he didn't actually have anything to say because Malloy was saying everything for him. But that's what Mm. I expected as well. I mean, the the whole thing is the show is not it's not Malloy at his best because he's being obviously being kept on a very tight leash. mm -hmm. Uh, The the jokes are are pretty obvious uh, and everything leads into a joke. There's. There are no surprise jokes. I mean, one of the great things about comedy is the element of surprise, and we get none of that. Uh, It's just kind of another variety show with a news focus. It wasn't what I expected because I was there for the pilot shooting and there was no uh, indication that there would be any interview uh, element to it. And uh, what I heard over the week was that... Would it be harder to get somebody an interview element for the pilot? Yeah, it would be. It would be. But they, they, they did spell out, because Fifi Box couldn't be there on the night, and they, they said and they explained. That, that she would be right in there once yep. she was through Dancing with the Stars. Yep. Um, but I also heard from, from an old Channel 9 uh, name that McAuliffe also had interviews voiced upon his show. When yes. He was on. Yes, oh, I read that as okay. well. So well, That's interesting. Um, so I suspect that's happened mm. with Malloy. With, with just on Garrett, he's not a very good... Uh, Interview subject yet at no, all? No, I think not I think true. He's... I've, I've actually I've interviewed Peter Garrett. Okay, and but what the, were you interviewing is... him about? Uh, music, music. Uh, no, okay. No, about the environment, about radio, uh, about human rights, about yep. all, all sorts of stuff like that. Yep. Uh, just fascinating. He yeah. can. He he's very intelligent and mm. and knows his subject really really well. He's a great interview subject. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's found his position yet. In the Labor Party, and, the, oh, and I don't no, no. think he's aware of what he, how to say what he wants to say, because that that passion that we know is there is just not coming through at all. Yeah, and uh, and also it's not going to come out on Mick Malloy's show. No, you're not going to get that passion with somebody who's really just looking for the laugh. Yeah, or if you're worried that they're constantly looking but, for the but laugh, but you would have with Peter Garrett back in the old days if he'd been back when he was in oils talking about. We well, didn't have to be so guarded because yeah. the Libs were going to take anything that he took. Uh, that he said possibly out of context. Yeah, out of context. that's true. Yeah, 
it's, yeah, so. it, it was interesting, uh, but you know, only four weeks ago. What <laughs> what parts were repeated, Brett, from the pilot that you saw? Uh, the terrorists, uh, Osama's. Really? Birthday. Now yep. that you see, that seems like a very odd thing to repeat because that was long and tedious. Lame. Yep. Mm. Um, the the Stephen Curry thing with Liz McCune was done almost exactly the same with somebody else. I can't right, yeah. remember who that other person was. But not, also maybe not a nine. Turns nine. It around and then there was the reveal, reveal of Mick Beloy there. Right, yeah. Uh, the Lavinia stuff? Yes, yes. Her, the, the security footage of her wandering around the, the uh, corridors and changing her... Because when uh, I was actually when I was actually watching that, I was wondering if that had been in the pilot. Because well, she's not doing the weather at the moment, so I presume she's on holidays or or something. But also, that seemed a little dated for me. Like this show's only going to work if it's up to the minute gags and having jokes about Lavinia shaving her head, a la Britney, and attacking Mm -hmm. the car with the umbrella would have been funny three or four weeks ago, but seemed less so now to me. Yep. And uh, and Pete Smith was actually on the show for the pilot. I'm not sure what happened to him. Okay. Uh, once they went live. And th- the thing is, no, I've completely forgotten that. I was just did maybe Pete Harry. Smith got cut to make room for Peter Garrett. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe when management made it an interview show. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The- and also, Gary Eck wasn't in the the actual show but did come out at the end as did um, Adam Rosenbach who's one of the and, and, and College Paul Collegio and Nikki Osborne Quizmania Quizmonkey Babe came out at the end and just looked uncomfortable and it's like what are what you doing, doing there you weren't on the show well she's also part of the team she she and Gary were both um, part of the pilot I think the chaser had the best response to that which was uh, rather than having their own names up on screen had uh, Mick Malone Nikki Osborne uh, well, they do. All, they do do that every week. I oh, do that with the different show. Yeah. I, you know what? I realised this week I've never seen the beginning of the Chaser. Oh, all right. <laughs> I've never seen. Uh, but things like the interview from the seven thirty report, where they had I don't know some politician, maybe Kevin Alexander Rund. Downer, Kevin Rund, and and basically doing the Will Anderson uh, thing where the Glasshouse did that. Yep. Since the Glasshouse has gone off air, Malloy's doing that and Rose doing that, and that stuff mm. was in the pilot. Uh, but why? Why do it? What? Yeah. Oh, these these are jokes that worked well on another show that isn't on air anymore. It's, it's the same with the news. You know, why bother doing that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, at least with Rove, you can understand. I saw just on the ad that they were doing the old Letterman gag of having somebody with headphones being talked to like it was their mother's, I think, for the Mother's Day show and they were in a van or somewhere else watching and telling them what to say to these passerby as yeah, they yeah, went yeah. past. I mean, that's yeah. that's a... That Letterman used to do a fantastic thing with that with uh, Rupert G from the Hello Deli, and the uh, Man Show does it with the little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I can see why Rove would steal that and do that, but I can't see like news. I mean, I know that's the whole basis of the show, but it's been done. We don't we don't need to see another show where they're making jokes about the news, do we? Not lame jokes about the news no, like that. Th- that being said, the Chaser did uh, did a thing this week where they had. Uh, uh, one of the Teletubbies trying to to get into, get into the peel, trying to get into the peel, which right. which was fine, but then trying to get into uh, other clubs as well, which was also a, a really old Letterman gag of can a guy in a bear suit get into the Hard Rock Cafe? That's get true. A from that's a stranger. True. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, how many bunnies can we fit in a coffee shop? 
which was uh, one night after the Academy Awards, which was fantastic. And yes. they ended up with over 30 bunnies and they were all jumping. <laughs> Men in bunny suits just all jumping <laughs> up and down. <laughs> Let them in for about half an hour. Okay, you reckon we send another one in? <laughs> and, and this is the thing, if, if you're going to follow the 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 work of someone who is so wonderful at it like mm. Letterman is mm. then try to do it well just don't just try to rip it off blatantly like like they are doing yeah I think that's uh, that, that's a big part of the point the nation is on mm. nine thirty on Tuesday nights mm-hmm. yes on channel nine you can have a look at it and uh, let us know what you think on the blog mm. hey um when I cast my pod. It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. It just doesn't sound the same without a beat behind it anymore. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Joe Talia, father of our international correspondent James Talia, who uh, won an award today in the Queen's Birthday Honours oh, for uh, services to opera. Oh. So um, And Joe's a great guy, so congratulations, Joe. Good on you, Joe. Hmm. Uh, I had a quick story that came out of Hollywood recently. Uh, Mike Figgis turned up at an airport in the US, in, I'm pretty sure in LA. Mike Figgis is a well-known director. I think he directed uh, Leaving Las Vegas mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and a, a, number of, uh, a number of films. Turned up in... Uh, in LA, I think he's English. Yes, English. And so at customs, he was asked, "What brings you to uh, to the United States?" Once he got through with uh, the plane out there, he uh, yeah. Once he got through with that, he says quite seriously, "I'm here to shoot the pilot." <laughs> they held him in custody for five hours. Really, really. <laughs> he's off the plane. How is he getting close I'm, to the pilot? I'm here, to, I'm here to shoot a pilot. And they held him in custody for. <laughs> oh, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, we had uh, Grant Denyer in the news just after the Logies uh, saying that he felt like he'd been yes having yes. sex with a black man yes. all night. Um, well, at the end of last week's It Takes Two, which he happens to host, uh, he signed off with the uh, the cheeky See You Next Tuesday. Which um, there is an industry rule that you don't say See You. NT. You, no, you don't say you don't say the, the actual word. But but, but also that you don't say see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Like quote see you next Tuesday. Yes. But his show is on a Tuesday. It is on a Tuesday. Is he that smart? <laughs> well, apparently he said it with a wink. But that's how he would sign off the show anyway. Yeah, it's not like he did We're a talking... fingering gesture or anything. <laughs> We're talking about a man who wore a suit with a hood. It's true. <laughs> he makes a fair point, Brett. He really does. Yeah, but they have they have got wardrobe there taking care of all that, but the words are all down to him. Yeah. Oh. Is, is that a big industry thing that you're not supposed to say? It breaks a long-standing law of TV etiquette. Really? Mm-hmm. After he just got... <laughs> just in a call. After he just got in trouble from the Logie stuff, he'd, he'd be a bit... He'd be a bit careful about this sort of thing wouldn't he surely well maybe the next step is to uh, get it out (laughs) (laughs) no there are only two rules in television (laughs) you know i messed up that quote last week there are only two rules in television you don't flop it out and uh, no you don't yeah you don't swear and you don't flop it out 
It's not rocket science. <laughs> I left off the rocket science oh. last week. Hey, it, didn't, uh, it didn't miss it. Oh, it, okay. But thanks. It's also errata. You I, should have done that at Topper Show. <laughs> I've been catching up with uh, the final few Studio 60s. Yes, yeah, so have I. Oh, yeah, which, uh, enjoying it. I, I am actually enjoying it. I, I, they screened up to episode 17? 16, I think, originally, and, and these ones have just popped up over the last couple of weeks i i've seen 17 and 18 and i was pleasantly surprised uh, what what happens at the uh, end of 18 Can, is there a derek jeter uh issue yes yes there the, is yeah okay that episode I, that's that's an episode that i've seen as well mm-hmm. and at the end of that episode i went well it's a shame that studio 60 couldn't stand on its own and had to borrow storylines from the west wing <laughs> That's that's really what it seemed like to me. Really, really, when when you've got when you've got you know things happening in foreign scenarios with wars, mm. that's just West Wing. Just just go, yeah. okay. This this worked for us in the West Wing. Let's do it now. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's it, it that's did, a shame. It, did, it wouldn't it have been enough of, to save it anyway. It did kind of seem like they were trying to up the ante a little bit with the show uh, by by doing that. But I, I, I actually thought uh, the episode before that, 17, was the stronger episode. Really? The one where Danny and Matt do not appear? When they're not in it at all. Uh, and there was much less Harriet, because I hate Harriet. But, you know, we've been bad-mouthing it. You know, we started out so strong with, oh, Studio 60, and, it, and it's just it's just tapered off to, you know, um, uh, you know, that see you next Tuesday of a show that we've been talking about. Uh, it, it's just really tapered off with our... And I, I watched it and I quite enjoyed it. Okay. I, I just went... I, much like the last series of The West Wing, I, just, I watched it out of obligation more than anything else. I'm okay. still looking to catch up with uh, yeah. Studio 60. Well, when uh, Channel 9 shows it, you'll be able to, to, to catch up with it then. Uh, I, I think, I, I think there's uh, five that weren't aired, so I'm looking forward to the next... Uh, I'm looking forward to the next two. Um. I think that uh, it's time that we uh, get out of announced here. Oh, we announced? What are we announcing? That uh, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be having an ongoing competition. Oh. Really? This sounds exciting. It yes. does sound exciting. It sounds like we haven't really talked about it. <laughs> uh, we're going to have uh, a, quite a substantial giveaway from our lovely sponsors at Crumpler. We we are. They are wonderful. A and, substantial uh, giveaway. A substantial giveaway. Is it all the Mars I, bars that we're getting in the I, mail? I think we're talking about a uh, big double set of beanbag <gasps> going on. Really? Oh, really? Can, can we enter? You guys can't enter. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, what we do need from our listeners is to get out the word of box cutters out there on the interwebs. Mm. And uh, we'll be looking at creativity in the way that that's done that, as well as uh, the, the number of referrals that uh, we're getting across to our site. So, so to, be, to be clear, what we actually need you to do is get the word of box cutters out there, send us an email with the link to where you've mentioned box cutters so that we can verify it, uh, and then that link will be attributed to you and we'll measure how well that link has, has worked as far as getting people to the boxcutters.net site. Yes. 
Fantastic. And in fact, uh, I'm looking into the logistics of setting up the site uh, so that you'll have a special URL that uh, you can put in on your link. So uh, that'll further track who's links who's. Oh, so we can actually, so, so you might actually be able to register for a special URL yep. and use that special. Yep. Ooh. That's what I've got in mind. Oh, that's really nice. Mm. I, I like that idea a lot. Crumpler beanbag, perfect for watching television. Oh, yes. I've, I have actually watched television sitting on a crumpler beanbag. Really? Comfy. Yeah. Ve- very comfy and hard to get out of, so you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's You just true. have to roll over and fall it's, onto the floor and yeah, then push up. I've done that. As long as you don't lose your remote control somewhere, you're fine. <laughs> it's, it's really just a great afternoon's entertainment. Wow. I wish I was getting one. <laughs> that <laughs> really sounds do. fantastic. Thanks very much to Crumpler for, for that. We uh, we love their support. Thanks also you to... You can find out more information about Crumpler at their website. Which you can get to by clicking on the little Crumpler guy on the boxcutters.net website. I'm, yes. I'm guessing the word Crumpler, some dots and com, maybe AU, all in there somewhere. Yeah, pr- probably. Probably. There Just are so many, so many different uh, iterations of Crumpler sites around the world. Mm. You'll you'll get to one Just or try try. Uh, hey you, we've got bags. dot com I'm sure that's not going to work, but give it a go. <laughs> uh, I also want to say thanks to Three Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. If you want to email us, you can hooray at boxcutters. dot net. Alternately, you can uh, contact us directly via the website. From a, a special little dealy that Brett set up that I understand nothing about, but it doesn't matter. It's a it's a web form. You can type go in, in a message. It'll come to us. It will. Hooray! Yeah. Through the magic, uh, just at boxcutters.net. Just go to boxcutters.net and click on the uh, talk to boxcutters. Talk to boxcutters. Link. Yeah. And if you happen to be on the Crumpler website, click on the boxcutters link. Yes. That's a little uh, TV There's icon. TV you drag icon. it over to the hand. Yep. And that'll take you. Yeah, check yeah. check it out. It's the Crumpler's Crumpler website is it's absolutely crazy and, and has a, a lot going on. But there are lots of things that you can click on. One of them being the box cutters television. Mm-hmm. I love it. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Did we thank Triple R? We did thank Triple R. Okay. I also want to say Jess McGuire should be on next week. <gasps> Excellent. We're hoping and it's- possibly a very special guest the week after. Yeah, let's uh, let's see how we can work that out. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>